I know that some of us go through some rough times at Christmas. You know, we have some difficult times, maybe some, some uh, memories that, that uh, are hard. But it is a good time of the year to remember Jesus. It's a good time to rem- of the year to remember Emmanuel. And Emmanuel just really simply means that, God with us. And today, I, I think I told you this last week, what I want us to do today is I want, want us to look at prophecies in the Scripture of Emmanuel, of Jesus. You know, uh, the great thing about the Scriptures is that as we look through the Scriptures, we're just going to be talking about his birth mostly. As we look through the Scriptures, we see that over 300 prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus himself. Over 300 prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus himself. And so last week we looked at John the Baptist. One of the things that I failed to mention last week about John the Baptist, about what was going on, is for over 400 years before John the Baptist came on the scene, God was silent. God was not speaking. And you got to understand, the Israelites, they, they were used to prophets. This was something that was normal. When they were in exile, they had prophets. When they weren't in exile, they had prophets. So it was normal for them to have prophets. But for over 400 years, there was nothing. God did not speak. And then when it was time for Jesus' birth, that's when John was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb, and he was set out to let everybody know that the Messiah is coming, that the Savior is coming. Repent, repent. He's coming, he's coming. And so we talked about John last week. Now, I want you to imagine that in Little Rock, Ancient scrolls are uncovered, which were written 600 to 1,000 years ago in Little Rock, Arkansas. Some were written before America was even discovered by Columbus. And all were written before the revolution, the American Revolution. And the scrolls predict that someone in our generation will be be born who is a descendant of the lineage of George Washington. All right, you you got this picture? Here's a scroll. You open it up, and it says somebody's going to be born who is a descendant of George Washington, one of the, uh, you know, maybe the greatest, one of the greatest presidents we've ever had, our first president. The scrolls further reveal that this person would be born in Pulaski County, that's where we are, Pulaski County, in the town of Maumel. Now, miraculously, his mother would be a virgin. And at the time of his birth, dignitaries from all other countries would mysteriously know about him, and they would come to worship him and present him with the precious gifts, believing he was a special envoy from God. And in addition, when we, in our imaginary prophecy here, would also reveal that as a result of this child being born, local ruling tyrants would make an attempt to murder him, and this would result in the deaths of innocent children whose mothers would weep over their loss to protect the special child from the tyrants. His father would take him to another country, like Mexico, and later bringing him back. (laughs) The the future of this child, he would grow up to lead a religious revolution. Now imagine that it all came true in your lifetime, fulfilling the predictions of these centuries-old scrolls. And as astronomically unlikely as the creation, the preservation and fulfillment of these written prophecies might be seen, 
This is a fair parallel to what the ancient Hebrew scripture prophecies of Jesus did. So why is it important to look at prophecies of Jesus? Why is it important? Because if Jesus did not fulfill these prophecies, we would not be able to believe the Bible. You understand this? If he did not fulfill the prophecies, the Bible is untrue. And you're following something that is false. Uh, because if Jesus did not fulfill the prophecies of the, of the scriptures, then he is not the Savior. And if he is not the Savior, we have no hope. We have no peace if he didn't fulfill these prophecies. So we know the word of God would be inaccurate. It would just be another work of fiction, something that's made up. And something to remember that in these prophecies, these prophecies as we look at them today came from different people at different times in different places. So it is very cool when we look into the scriptures and we find out that all these prophecies were not, you know, a group of people getting together going, hey, I'll tell you what, let's make some stuff up and let's write this stuff down. But this stuff happened at creation and it continued on through, through the Old Testament. Many, many prophecies on through the Old Testament. Now, the question is, the likelihood of one person fulfilling just eight of these prophecies... One person fulfilling eight. What is the likelihood of that? And the, way, the best way it's been uh, drawn out to me is everybody picture Texas. Picture Texas. It is the second largest state in the union, okay? It would be the third largest state if Alaska was cut in half, just to let you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's supposed to be a joke, everybody. You can laugh. <laughs> Texas is a large state, okay? It's very large. So if you took Texas and you took silver dollar bills and you laid them over the whole of Texas and you laid them two inches deep, or excuse me, two feet deep, and then you took one of those silver dollar bills and one of those silver dollar bills you wrote on it, and then you threw that in this two foot deep pile across the state of Texas, and then you took a person, and you blindfolded them, and you said, walk across the state of Texas, stop anywhere you want to, reach down, and pick whatever coin you want to pick, and pick that up. That is the likelihood of one person fulfilling eight, just eight of the prophecies of, the Bible, of Jesus, of the Messiah in the Bible. And he fulfilled over 300 of them, just one. So you got that two foot deep silver dollar bills all across the state of Texas. You're blindfolded, send you out, walk across it, looking for one coin that's, and then you had to reach in and find it, not ever looking. You're like, that ain't, that ain't possible. And it's almost impossible that Jesus could do this. But one man did. One man fulfilled those prophecies. So we, we're going to start back at the beginning. In Genesis chapter 28, 22 and 18. And I'm going to give you scripture. I'm going to let the Bible tell you itself. I'm not going to just tell you everything myself this morning. I'll let the Bible tell you this. Genesis 22:18 says, "Through you, through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice." Talking to Abraham. <coughs> through you, all of the nations will be of the earth will be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. 
So as far back into, as far back into Genesis, way back when this first started, the, the, before the Israelites were what we call the Israelites today, he said, your offspring will bless the nations. And that's what Jesus does. And then we've got a lot of scripture. Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. I will see him, but not now. I will behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob, and a scepter will rise out of Israel. A star will come out of Jacob, and a scepter will rise. So we see from Abraham, from Jacob. And you've got to understand, when we talk about prophecy, the lineage, the line going all the way to Jesus is what counts here. The line, the lineage, the the fathers, the grandfathers, great-grandfathers, so on and so forth, going all the way. So Abraham, right, the God of Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, Jesse, and if you remember, Jesse is the father of King David. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1. And there will come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of its roots. There'll come a shoot out of the stump of Jesse. And so here, referring to Christ again, referring to the Messiah again, Jesse. These, these are promises and prophecies throughout the ages. And then King David. In Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5 through 6. The days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise up for David a righteous branch. He shall reign as a king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. And this is the name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. That was in 2 Samuel. Or excuse me, that was in Jeremiah. And in 2 Samuel, another one for David, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 13. When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up after you an offspring from your body and I will establish his rule. He will build a house for my name and I will establish his royal throne forever. There's only one royal throne that is established forever and that is Jesus. His, his throne is established forever. Now, so we, we have seen prophecy for David, for Abraham, for Jacob, but then the prophecies of where he was going to be born. We talked about it earlier. If we had a person from the lineage that came from George Washington, but before George Washington was ever here, think about it. These prophecies started all the way back in Abraham. So before David was here, before Jesse was here, before Jacob was here, the prophecies already began. Same difference before these prophecies have become. We already know the town that the Messiah will come from. And what is interesting about the town where the Messiah would come from is, you know, we always think that uh, we think of Jesus and we see uh, you know, some beautiful, some, some uh, you know, beautiful still photo like this, which I think is great. I love this photo. But what we got to understand is where Jesus came from. When he was born, he was born in a stable in a cave. 
And if you've ever, I don't know, anybody ever been to Eureka Springs and went, went through the, the Holy Land set up at Eureka Springs? If you go into it, they will take you to the inns. And the inns back there, they didn't, you know, they didn't have cable and Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff, right? You know, the inns had one opening that you would go in, and multiple people would sleep in one, one room, and there may, there may be a second opening for another room, but they would go in and they would sleep in these rooms. So even... Even if the inn had not been full that night when Mary shows up, even if the inn had not been full, they st- still would have been sleeping with everybody else. Okay? It was, they didn't have a jacuzzi, right? They didn't have a shower. They didn't have a private, a private residence. They would have slept with everybody else in the same room. But in this, not only could they not sleep in the inn where it was probably warmer, probably a little bit nicer, but they had to sleep in a stable. And the stable's back then, and this stable was probably uh, a, a cave or a part of the inside of an overhang. And so it would have been damp and musty and, and, and smelly and, and old. And how did, they, how did they get to Bethlehem? How did they get to Bethlehem? The government, you know, the government was in the details in this. They didn't realize this. The government didn't realize what they were doing. But there was a census in that day that all that all of them would come together so they had to go to the home of who joseph that's where his family was from so they had to go to bethlehem to go into the census and where was this talked about yeah we could go into the new testament but i don't really have new testament scriptures with us today i'm giving you those the story there but micah chapter 5 and verse 2 but you bethlehem ephrathoth however you say that Although you are small among the tribes of Judah, from you will come forth for me one who will be ruler over Israel. His origins are from of old, from ancient of days. The, the Jesus, if you remember before creation, John chapter 1 tells us that the word was with God and the word was God. He was there at creation. And so right here it says, says O Bethlehem, Oh, Bethlehem, you're so small, but out of you is going to come a ruler. He's going to come the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the Most High, the Emmanuel, God with us, the Messiah. Out of Bethlehem is he coming. Now, we always say, I always say this, all these prophecies are really cool that they are met. But the most difficult, I think, of prophecies is this prophecy right here. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. He will come from a virgin. No earthly father. Mary, young Mary, 14, 15 years old. Young Mary conceives Jesus by the hand of God, not by anybody else. And I'll tell you what, if this isn't a sign, if this isn't a sign, I don't know what will be. He says it will be a sign. What do he say right there? He, the Lord himself will give you a sign that he will be born of a virgin. And as we go into this Christmas season, I want to say a little, I'm going to jump off the railroad track here just a second. One thing I want us to understand, don't get an argument with people who say, well, this isn't Christ's birthday, because no, December 25th is not Christ's birthday. It probably is closer to when he was crucified. It was probably March, April, somewhere around there, somewhere around that time, okay? So it doesn't matter. 
What we do is we're celebrating Jesus. And some people will get into it's a pagan holiday. It's just that don't worry about that. Just say, hey, listen, I'm not worried about anything else. I just want to celebrate Jesus. Where did the gift-giving come from? Because Jesus gave himself to us. The Lord gave Jesus to us, and so we want to give back. And and the Word of God says it's better to give than receive anyway. So that's where that comes from. But So don't get caught up in that, but understand that we celebrate the birth of Christ on December 25th. Now, so is a virgin. That is a sign, folks. I I don't know if there's another sign. That is a sign. And then... If you remember, there were shepherds, the, the scripture says there were shepherds in the, in the field that night, and they were taking care of their flocks. And then there were three wise men. Oh, no, no, no. There wasn't three wise men. There was a lot more than three wise men that showed up. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was such a large group of people that the place was stirred up. These guys are rich. They probably didn't come on donkeys or camels. They probably came on horses. Because they were rich and they were powerful. They came from another area. They, didn't, they weren't rule, ruled in this country. And they show up into town, right? If you remember the story, they show up into town and the whole town's a buzz like, man, what are these guys? And not only was there not only three, there's probably estimated around 30 maybe or to 60 people that showed up in this group. So we sing, we three kings of Orient are bearing gifts, we travel so far. And where do we get that from? Because the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So, you know, that's all, you know, one king is gold, another frankincense, another myrrh. No, uh, that's what they traveled with. Uh, another little great tidbit is what they traveled with, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh was worth a lot of money. A lot of money. And we could get it, there's a total another message about what the meanings of gold, frankincense, and myrrh meant for Jesus. But there is a meaning behind that, and we'll get into that maybe some other day, maybe next year or something. So shepherds and kings will worship him. In Psalm 72, 9 through 10, look what it says. May those who dwell in the wilderness bow before him, and his enemies lick his dust. So who dwell in the wilderness? The shepherds. The shepherds live out in the wilderness. They live with the sheep. They stink. So the, the, the lowliest of people, yeah, they do. I mean, have you ever been around sheep? Sheep stink. They don't smell good. They're about like pigs, you know. They don't, they don't smell good. The lowliest of people are going to be talked to. And then he says, may the kings of Tarshish and of the Isles bring presents. So the lowliest of people were notified and the richest people were notified. You know, uh, in, in a society today that everybody's like, oh, we need to be equal. You know, there's only one way to be equal, and that's in Jesus. You can't be equal unless you're in Jesus because Jesus came for the low and he came for the great. So if you walk around and go, I'm just not good enough for the Lord. I'm just not good enough. He goes, no, I came to, the, I, I came to those the shepherds. Man, I sent my host of heaven's armies right out there to say, hey, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill to all creatures, all men, everybody. Not just one, not just to those who can afford it. You know, there's a lot of religions out there today, but if you can't afford it, you can't be a part of their religion. You've got to put a lot behind it. With us, with Jesus, with Christianity, he says, where two or three are gathered together in his name, he is there. 
I think we're missing that in America today. We're so concerned about how many people we have at something. We can't even have Sunday school. We can't have Sunday night service. We can't have Wednesday night service. Well, what if enough people don't show up? Well, if two people show up, if two people, and if you've got a pastor and a pastor's wife, you've got two people. So, you know, the, the, the pastor doesn't have an excuse, whoever he is. Now, even with the joy of Jesus' birth, even with the joy of Jesus' birth, there was great sorrow. When these guys showed up, remember when the, 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 the kings showed up and they caused a stir, and Herod's like, you come back and tell me about it. I want to go worship this guy. And then the angel come to them and says, whoa, uh-uh, no, no, no. You're going to go a different way. Well, when, when the king realized he had been tricked and that they disappeared a different way, here's what he did. He went out and he, and he killed all these babies that were under two. Something, again, to understand, real quick thing. When the wise men showed up, they didn't show up at the stable. They most likely showed up at the house somewhere where they had found a place to live for now. And, and, and Joseph had a job, you know, he was working at the Dairy Queen or something, you know. I don't know. Don't know what they had back then. But, he showed, but, but the wise men show up here. So Jesus, Jesus was, was growing up at this point, and they received this. And if you remember, Mary, Mary remembered all these things in her heart, you know, all this stuff. She's remembering. You, you moms know that, right? You remember everything that's happened to your kids when they were little, right? You go, oh, yeah, I remember that. But because of that, the king went out and he says, you know what, we're killing. We're killing all of these, these babies that are under two years old, all these boys that are under two years old. So it was prophesied in Jeremiah 31, 15, this would happen. Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. They are no more. Even with joy, there's great sorrow. Talking about that this morning, you know, in a world like we live in today, even the righteous and even the children get hurt when unrighteousness is around. So don't ever think, well, it only affects me. This what I'm doing, it only affects me. No, it affects a lot more than you believe. And when unrighteousness abounds, then, then people who are even righteous get hurt in that. Now, after he was born in Bethlehem, he had to, like I said earlier, if he had been born in Little Rock in, 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 America, in the United States, he would have had to go to Mexico, so they had to go to Egypt instead because they, they, he was born in Bethlehem. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Hosea chapter 11 and verse 1. The, this is the scripture that the, the prophecy that says that Jesus or that the Messiah would come out of Egypt. And what happened, if you remember, when these kids were about to be killed and the angel of the Lord came to, to, uh, to Joseph in a dream and said, get your family up right now, pack your bags, jump in the station wagon and head, head out to Egypt, okay? Let's get on out of here. And that's what he had to do. And they lived over there until the Lord allowed them to come back and they settled in Nazareth after they came back. So when we look at all these, I didn't think this was going to be too long of a message. When we look at all these things, remember what I said. The chances of Jesus fulfilling just eight prophecies 
And let's see how many we got right here. There, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But just fulfilling eight is almost impossible. But he's fulfilled over three hundred. And so we can believe in Jesus. We can rejoice in the Lord. And when people say to you, well, Jesus was a good man. He was, he was a good man. Yeah, he was a good man. He was an awesome man. He was God. He was perfect. But when people say, oh, he was just a good man, say, can you tell me anybody else who has fulfilled just the prophecies of the birth? No. There's nobody out there. You know, we always say, can, can we prove Jesus was risen? And I think we can prove that Jesus is risen from the dead. But we don't have to prove he's risen from the dead. Just, can we, can we prove that he fulfilled these prophecies? Yeah, we can prove that. We've got, we've got proof of that. If he's fulfilled these prophecies, now tell me, did Buddha, how about Hare Krishna, how about Muhammad, name off whoever you want to name off. Did any of these fulfill those prophecies? See, it's, it's like we've been talking about on Wednesday night when it comes to apologetics. Going around and telling people, the reason that I believe in God and the reason I'm a Christian and, and believe in God is just because I have faith is not a great answer. Because anybody can have faith in anything they want to. You can believe, you can believe that it's hot in here and then, you know, Destiny and Christy and everybody will tell you, no, it's not hot in here. Destiny came in here and she was shivering with her coat on a minute ago. She got it off now. She must have got it in hallelujah and got it warmed up a little bit. <laughs> but when we, when we get into the Word and we can prove that it's accurate and we say, why, why are you a Christian? Well, yeah, I have to have faith to be a Christian, right? I have to, have to put my faith and trust in God. But why are you a Christian? Well, listen, because... Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies. If he filled all these prophecies, maybe I should believe that he's a savior and that he'll give me hope and he'll give me strength and he'll give me peace. Maybe that's what I need to believe. And maybe I don't want to go somewhere else. You know, maybe I don't want to go to hell. Maybe I don't want to die. You know, well, you just die and turn into dirt. Well, maybe I don't want to die and turn into dirt if you believe that way. All I know is this has been proven accurate over and over again in his life jesus in his life so shouldn't i listen to him he said he is the way the truth and the life he died on a cross for my sins you know we always we love to talk about the birth of jesus but then you know oh well i don't know about the dying on the cross being raised from the dead why why the birth well because we can go out and have have parties and and christmas parties and give gifts and take gifts and eat food and all this kind of stuff but what about the rest of it what about living for Jesus? Oh, I don't know about that, but I sure enjoy Christmas. It's a great time of the year. And I like what somebody said the other day. It's getting harder and harder to hear songs about Jesus at Christmas. And listen, I don't have any problem listening to Jingle Bells, okay? I, I enjoy all Christmas songs. But when we get into this, we need to remember, what is it really about? Is it about Jingle Bells and you know, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. You live in Arkansas, you probably won't get a white Christmas, okay? So you just dream about something else, all right? Maybe if you're in Colorado, you get a white Christmas. But what should we do during this time? We should reflect on Jesus and the importance of this. And it's not just a party. It's not just a Christmas party. It's not just about family. It's about the, the man who fulfilled all of these so that I have life and I have 
freedom and liberty in him. I, the Spirit has come in me, and the Spirit of the Lord gives us liberty. 